Hey guys, so this is episode two of Observations of a 20-something. Basically kind of going to be addressing a couple of the comments or suggestions that I got from the first episode, which was a summary and then my kind of opinion on Measure G. Yeah, thanks for all the feedback. Thanks for... uh, comments and messages about it all. I really appreciate it. It's actually really led to some really cool conversations with people, like even just in a parking lot the other day. It was really cool. Um, Yeah, we'll get started. So one of the things was people were wondering where I felt qualified or why I felt qualified to make the statements that I was doing, or uh, basically just kind of saying like, hey, like, state your qualifications, Uh, which is a good point, because who are you guys to know what I know? Um, Basically, I got my mechanical engineering degree, Bachelor of Science, from the Colorado School of Mines, which is a very oil-based, I am oil-based, but... uh, this college is very, very well known within the petroleum and uh, world. And so I actually went in as a double major, mechanical engineering and petroleum engineering, took classes to head in the petroleum engineering direction and realized that I could, could do a lot of what I wanted to do in the petroleum industry as a mechanical engineer. So I dropped the double major and I just majored in mechanical engineering. While I was in school, again, I did take a class or two, actually, yeah, at least a couple classes on petroleum and petroleum engineering, which was very informative. Basically kind of was like, yeah, like, I still like it. still what I want to do. Um, and then had an internship with a company in Taft, California, where I worked as an engineering intern for this company, basically being kind of a junior petroleum engineer, I guess is how I would put it. Spent a lot of time running around the field with the field guys, checking on pumping units, and just kind of learning about the petroleum world and the industry in the field and in the office. I actually had projects that were very specific projects that I was working on as the kind of quote unquote engineer on where I was, I had, I think it was six wells that I was tasked with figuring out how to stimulate and complete the well. And there were, part of them were also injection wells for steam. Yeah. So so that's where a lot of my experience and knowledge comes from in the field the while I was there we spent a lot of time visiting the the service companies that serviced a lot of our wells or our rigs or whatever it was and so that's also how I gained a lot of knowledge Basically, this internship was incredible for just learning and the experience. I definitely 
feel like I learned the most from that internship. Basically spent a lot of time running around with these, with our company, going to the other companies and learning about the products that they serviced or brought to our fields or whatever it was. This is um, how I learned a lot about well stimulation or well completing or how do you drill a well? How do you drill a well horizontally? How do you, just all these different, what does a pumping unit do? How do they spec it? Because, you know, there's baby grasshoppers and there's big grasshoppers and there's giant grasshoppers and there's ones that don't even look like grasshoppers. So the, the pumping units were pretty unique and that was pretty cool and just really got to see pretty much every aspect of oil from start to finish. So that was pretty sweet. And then spent another internship working for a local engineering firm, basically looking at the piping and instrumentation diagrams for plants that Chevron was going to be putting in. And then, yeah. Uh, Oh, okay. So then got my degree and then went and worked for an environmental testing laboratory for the petroleum industry. So I spent a lot of time there learning about the environmental rules that the petroleum industry within this state has to follow and basically designing and building machines that would test these samples that we would pull out of the field to make sure that they passed the environmental regulations put in place by the state of California. And then now I work for a natural gas processing. Uh, hang on. I work for a natural gas company. No, that's not even right. I work for a company and we build natural gas turbo expanders. These turbo expanders are basically these giant machines that process natural gas so that it is a more efficient and clean process and basically can almost guarantee that any gas that came into your house today or yesterday or your heater, whatever it is, that these uh, these machines probably process that gas at some point or another. That was pretty cool. So I work as a quality assurance engineer for them, basically running through all the documentation, making sure the customers get what they ordered. And I've learned a lot about the process and natural gas as uh, as an industry. Yeah, so that's kind of where my uh, quote-unquote credentials come from. That's why I feel kind of pretty strongly about this measure because I do know a decent amount about it, and I figured, hey, if I'm having a really hard time understanding Measure G, and I can't even, like, make sense of it all, I have a feeling most people can't understand it either because it's not like this stuff's just everyday knowledge. So that's where that comes from. So hopefully that, uh, you know, makes some people feel like I decently know what I'm talking about. I'm not going to claim perfection or absolute sovereignty on my knowledge of the oil field at all, ever. But I feel like I know enough to 
bump some shoulders with people. Um, yeah, so there's that. The other one was people were kind of wondering about well stimulation and fracking and kind of going into into that, which is hard on a podcast, but I'm going to try to do it pretty quickly just to give examples of kind of how a well is finished, the measures that are put in place to protect the environment around the wells and around drilling in general, fracking, and well stimulation. So basically when a well is being drilled, it is a big old hole in the ground. And when I say big, I mean long. So picture just like a really, really long wormhole going somewhere, but they have to protect the inside of the hole from the outside of the formation. Otherwise it can come in on it, right? So what they do is they, they shove casing, which is this thick steel pipe, basically, down this hole in sections, and they connect them together as they go longer and longer, kind of like picture, uh, if you remember when you were little with the straws, and you would connect the straws inside of each other, so you could try to see how far away you could like drink your chocolate milk, and you know, you'd get like three feet away from the cup, and by then, you know, you're making a mess. But so it's kind of like that where you're, you're putting together sections of casing as the well is being drilled to protect the outside from the inside and the inside from the outside. Basically, it just keeps the hole a hole. And then once the well is done being drilled, they put more casing inside of that. So now what they're doing is they're taking, let's say you had boba straw on the outside for the big old boba whatever, tapioca balls or whatever it is that you got to suck through the big old boba straw. And then we go to a good, good milkshake straw, you know, one of the, the, the bigger size straws, but not the boba straw. That goes inside of that. And then we'll go down to like a, just a McDonald's soft drink straw. Okay, that goes inside of that straw. And then we'll go with the coffee stirrer straw. That goes on the inside of that. So let's say we've got, you know, multiple layers of steel, but it's not just steel. What they do is they pump concrete between all the layers of the steel. So they've got concrete and steel and concrete and steel and concrete and steel pumped all the way down and all the way up to protect the well and to protect the formation around it, right? Because they don't want oil getting outside of their wellhead because that's losing money as well as environmentally detrimental. And it's not like it's cheap for companies to just be like environmentally unfriendly. It's really expensive for them. There's a lot of uh, you know, mitigation that goes into that kind of thing. So that's what they do to, that's a really quick and dirty explanation of what they do to basically finish a well, case a well, is concrete and steel, sandwiches of concrete and steel that protect the inside from the outside and the outside from the inside. But then that little straw in the middle, the coffee stirrer straw, that is the only thing that has oil in it. That that is the that is the last part because what happens is then they, they push a rod down in the in the middle of that. And it, it's not a it's not a pipe, it's a rod. And it is what moves up and down with the 
grasshopper head, you know, when you see them moving up and down, that is what moves up and down with the grasshopper head, and that is what moves the pump down at the bottom of the well, causing the oil and gas to be pumped up the well. So inside the coffee stirrer, that is the only part that should have oil and gas inside of it. And it's inside of that that a lot of times the stimulation is being done to. Because what happens is when, again, we can go back to the straw, or the, the Oreo milkshake, where you can get stuff stuck in the straw and you need to basically stimulate the well or stimulate the ground around it to allow the oil and gas to move freely. Now, hydraulic fracturing is one way of doing stimulation. Acid treatment is another way of doing stimulation. There are also mechanical ways of doing it. You can sonically shake um, a tool down at the bottom of the well to like knock apart all the debris that's kind of settled down there. You can uh, even even some kinds of uh, gas lift would be considered stimulation of a well, where they'll they'll drill other wells around it and they'll push gas underneath it because it kind of like helps push the oil and gas up into the well's area. But there, so there's literally so many different ways of stimulating and so that's one reason that measure g is so detrimental because it's like wow if you ban all stimulation all oil and gas production stops because every single well needs to be stimulated so that's how they finish a well and it's really hard to basically touch on stimulations of wells they're not all created equal and just because oh well what if we just ban fracking well that doesn't that doesn't it doesn't help so not all well stimulations work on all situations it's kind of like I mean, it's kind of like anything really there's not a you can't justify saying well just because you can't stimulate one way doesn't mean you can't stimulate another it actually does mean that you can't stimulate another way because these wells are so unique and so finicky that there really are sometimes only one or two ways, normally one way, to stimulate a well to get it to do what you need it to do. Um, that's really kind of what it comes down to because they're so finicky. I mean, there's, there's, uh, I've heard stories of wells that were producing a lot of oil and gas, and were just like good wells that were just really producing well. And maybe they, they shut it down for a, a certain period of time to do some maintenance on it, maybe stimulate the well, maybe do something else. And then they bring it back online, and boom, nothing. Wells are just finicky. That's kind of what it comes down to. It's, it's kind of like the saying, like, don't fix what ain't broke. Sometimes that's the best rule. But all wells need to be stimulated at some point or another. So that's kind of the unfortunate thing when people are trying to find different methods of, well, can we stimulate this way instead? It's like, well, no, not really. But I like the way they're thinking. It's, you know, open-minded. That's good. I appreciate it that people are like, hey, you know, like at least starting to talk about it. So I really, really like that thought. Um, yeah, so I appreciate that, guys. Fracking is tracking is an interesting one. I'm only going to touch on it for like a quick minute just because I think a lot of people already have such a 
preconceived idea of what fracking is and does. Basically, it, it's funny calling it fracking because it's just kind of the short, the slang word for it. It's really called hydraulic fracturing. So there is no K in the word. It's just fracture. There's no K in fracture. But whatever. Um, the hydraulic fracturing process gets a lot of flack for being environmentally detrimental. It's really interesting because, man, it happens so much more often than anybody knows that feels like fracking is a bad thing. If it wasn't for fracking, it the fracking was directly linked to the success of the economy in this last oil downturn, it was a key part of the United States oil economy not completely tanking because we were able to produce natural gas at a price that barely broke even while the Middle East was suppressing their oil prices because they were able to produce for very, very cheap. We actually made it so that they were like producing at a loss at one point, I think. And maybe look it up on your own, but this is some of the conversations I've had. This is uh, where I'm going with it. But basically fracking, it's very, very common. And you just don't, you just don't read or hear about it because why would you? Except for when there is something that environmentally you know, wrong that happens. But I would definitely say that the percent of success rate, hang on, that sounded wrong. The success rate of fracking without environmental impacts that would be negative, I would say is through the roof compared to how other people that might not be embedded in the industry so they don't actually see the numbers and they don't actually see the success rate would think. Because again, we hear, oh, it's so terrible for the environment. But there's so many, especially in Colorado and California, there are so many laws that go into how you fracture the well, how this process is done, how to protect the um, how to protect the formations around it, how to make sure the wells don't you know, have these environmental impacts. And so I would really suggest kind of researching it a little bit more and trying to maybe see the good side of it because I think it's good to see both sides of it, right? Because it's not like one side or the other is being overly uh, one side or the other is not going to hurt the way you think about it if anything it will just make you more educated on it and I would love to talk about it on a one-on-one -on -one thing I could draw diagrams it'd be much better to like get together in person and we can like, look at numbers and we can do these different things but while I'm driving I don't look at my phone so not going to be pulling up numbers, not going to be spouting out a bunch of different things. So that's why I'm going to try to not quote things or, or have too many numbers uh, in 
these podcasts. But anyways, that's about it. Sorry if it was kind of quick or uh, not as in-depth on what you wanted or maybe you wanted to hear something else. Let me know. Shoot me a message on Instagram or Facebook. Text me, whatever it is, guys. I love to hear the conversations that are happening and love having these conversations. Let's keep them going. Yeah, actually, I just got so involved in talking to you guys right now, I just passed the exit from my house. So, I'm on the highway for a minute longer. Anyways, hope you enjoyed this. Hope you learned a little bit. Let's keep having conversations and get at it. All right.